2015, Southern Ohio was in the midst of an opioid crisis. The community came together and came up with an idea. From this idea was born a race, a race that would help prevent drug use in the area for generations to come. This is no ordinary race, and this is no ordinary story. The Buck 50 is a 24-hour team relay race that spans 150 miles of trails, roads, and paths winding through the Appalachian foothills. 10 people, two vans, and one cause to prevent drug addiction in a small community. It took the whole community, but two guys pushed, pulled, and prodded to get the gears moving. Dave Huggins and Chris Scott. One vowed to get into schools and engage the children in drug prevention. The other vowed to find a way to fund every willing student by creating this race. This is the story of the Buck 50. The race that became a story of its own. And with that, many other unforeseen stories came to life. A huge ripple effect that reaches more than we ever dreamed. One race. One cause. One podcast. Thousands of stories. This is Running Off at the Mouth. The Buck 50 Podcast. With your hosts, Dave Huggins and Chris Scott. So I'm downtown having lunch the other day and a look over and thankfully she was seated and I could see her face and the mask wearing another one. But um, one of the students here in Ross County that helped start the MAID program, that helped start drug-free clubs in the schools, had a really different perspective and because uh, both of her parents were in law enforcement and she was a senior at Chillicothe. She was very active in getting this thing started. And I look over and there she was because I'm excited because she doesn't live here anymore. She goes she goes to school in Washington, D.C. Uh, with us today is Emily Preston. Miss Emily Preston, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Happy to be here. Great. Uh, tell us where you're at now and what's going on in your life today. Okay. I am a 2017 graduate of Chillicothe High School. I'm currently a senior at George Washington University in Washington, D.C. I'm majoring in history and psychology, and I am headed to law school next year. Just don't ask me where yet because I haven't decided. That's it. I, I, I'm glad I didn't intro you because I would have said, uh, here's Emily Preston. She's a junior at Georgetown <laughs> University in Washington, D.C., but uh, she's a senior at George Washington. Well, I, I wanted to bring Emily in to talk to us and just to give you a small perspective on, I, and I wanted to get Emily's take. I haven't talked to her before now. We haven't said, hey, Emily, here's what I want you to say or do. She had no idea. Literally, she walked in today and I took her back here in the podcast room and she's like, oh, we're talking. I, was like, oh, I think I told you that, but sometimes I talk. Imagine that. There were details missing in the beginning <laughs> of the story. Well, Mr. Chris Scott. Anyway. So anyway, we got her in here. She tried to run, and we <laughs> captivated her, locked her in the podcast booth. So I, I really wanted to just reflect a little bit on where we were and how we started drug-free clubs and what you thought that meant to the kids at the time, and why do you think it worked so well? Yeah, so we, I remember all of you coming to us just as like that first group of ambassadors in kind of the summer before my senior year of high school into the fall of my senior year and you guys said like we want to I mean the theme was take our town back and I think that resonated with a lot of us because we all grew up here most of our parents grew up here and so we had kind of seen what it had done to our city and 
just the livelihood of the city and all the people living there. And in my case in particular, like you said, both my parents were law enforcement officers. My mom's retired now, but um, they kind of, they would just come home with these horror stories and it just kind of hit you in the heart a little bit. And I think it's, to us, we had, we we really didn't have any idea kind of what we were creating. We didn't know it was going to be this big thing that has lasted this i mean it's been five years i think yeah when you talk about the stories that you were hearing at home how how many years was that going on before you really started to feel like it was a heavy problem in the community i think it had been going on for a while but i don't think it really resonated with me until i was old enough to understand so i think toward my eighth grade year into high school that's when it really Start Because then you're out there in the high school and started in eighth grade was when I kind of began to notice it. I I graduated from Bishop Flaget School, so I wasn't really, I don't know, kind of not necessarily sheltered there, but it's a smaller group of kids. You're not really out there in the community. So when you go to high school, it's, it's kind of eye-opening. You get all of these stories and a, a different kind of group of kids that you're with and you really see what's actually going on in the community, kind of the... Yeah, Bishop Leger is a local private Catholic school, so that's where she went to elementary and junior high, right? Yeah. So you, you got it, Chillicothe, you went into the public school, you got into the big... I mean, for our area, Chillicothe is a bigger school. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's a city school. So what, what was your... I mean, that's kind of when it hit you. Yeah, and I had had two older siblings who went to Chillicothe, so I, I got a little bit of a taste, but you don't really realize it until you're there watching it for yourself and kind of how these kids are living every day um when you say living every day do you think they're the things that are going on personal or things that are going on at home both personally and because i i'm very fortunate i my parents were wonderful i had we had a great upbringing but not every kid has that they don't have the means to so I remember walking into a room that day for that Spike TV shoot. <laughs> and to give you some background on that Spike TV, and we'll put the link up on the Buck 50 website and on our social media pages so you can watch that outtake. And, or it's not an outtake. It's a Spike TV extra. They filmed the Missing Women documentary here. Joe Berlinger, who is an Academy Award-nominated uh, documentarian. He did My Brother's Keeper and Metallica. Uh, filmed in, in Chillicothe for like two years. So they're getting ready to leave. Terry Minnie, who was kind of over part of the rehabilitation part, who has a huge passion for the prevention. It was the, the buck, it was the buck fifty thing they started hearing about because yep. they were here the weekend of the buck fifty. And they're like, yep. well, "What is this? We keep hearing about." It. And then that's sure. when they said, "Well, that's the program that funds our drug prevention efforts with the MAID program." And then they very quickly made some connections with you and decided to sit down and talk about their last day. What of is this? Because yeah. this sounds like something that everybody wants to be a part of and is needed their last day of filming and they we brought these kids together in that room and before we didn't prep i mean it's like today emily's not prepped she just come in i do this to emily five six years later here emily come on in sit down okay you're going to talk so we did that and it was just just tell me what you remember about that day i guess i just remember we all walked in and we all, I, I wasn't sure who all was going to be there. I don't think anyone else was either, but 
when we started to sit down and kind of talk, it became really poignant because it wasn't just kids from one particular school. There were four or five schools represented and to kind of hear all those stories combining and just everyone sharing their experiences was really neat. You said something earlier, Emily, about when you started to know or recognize that um, this this was a problem. Part of it was high school, and then part of it, you know, where your where your parents talking about the drug problem. But I think for me, one of the, the the missing women thing is what shook me up when I started to hear that, and then I also kind of started to feel this pressure from outside media talking about Chillicothe in a very negative way, and kind of like you're saying, like you've grown up here, your parents are from here. You, you know and you love this community, and it's brought you so much joy. And then there's these outsiders who are coming in and saying, what's well, a terrible place to live? There's drugs, and it's unsafe, and it's all this and that. That was one of those feelings for me that, that shook me up and, and really wanted, I wanted to get involved at that point. Mm-hmm. So talk about, we had a rally. I remember as we're planning this program out, uh, we had a meeting, and Sandy Murray, a local police officer, says, why don't we have a rally? And this is before we ever have one kid enrolled in the program. So having a rally was a hard thing for me to think about. But then that enrollment started to happen, and we started getting all these kids. And next thing you know, we've got 1,500 kids in our first year, and we have this rally. So so walk us through, for, for you guys as a, as a inaugural member, what that day was like in November. It was... I can't even describe it. I wish I had had a little video camera kind of attached to my head. (laughs) Um, The kind of most touching moment that I remember, all of the ambassadors were standing in the gym at Chillicothe High School. We were all lined up, and we were just watching all of these kids pour into the gym, like by the hundreds. And busloads bus were just bus unloading bus from loads. each school and it was it was wild they were all wearing their shirts they were energetic they were it wasn't just that they were getting a day out of school like they were looking forward to it and i think the next kind of major point for me was when we came up we all had the sign we were carrying the sign and we came up out of yoktanji park on the way toward the courthouse and just the sound, the energy, all these people and all these adults had lined the street. And I think it's when an adult does it, I think it's, I mean, yes, it's kind of, it's gripping. But when there's hundreds of kids walking, holding signs, chanting, cheering, I think the community really took notice of that. Definitely. I feel that there's no doubt that the rally was November 18th, 2016, And that was the day in our local community that put the MAID program on the map because it had been talked about. You know, the local paper covered some things. Uh, Many people in the community were talking about it. It, You know, Kiwanis, Lions, Rotary Clubs, different things like that. But when you see 1,500 kids marching in unison together, and shouting about being drug-free. That gymnasium, like you said, when those kids were coming into the gym, I actually know that uh, Hatton Memorial Gymnasium at Chillicothe High School holds 1,534 kids. That is the occupancy sign that you will see. 
I think it's on the mezzanine of the second level behind the bench. And I remember that because I saw it that day. And I thought, we're, we're going to fill this place up. And, you know, each school came in, they filed in, they filled in their section. But like you said, everyone had the same shirt on. <laughs> I mean, fact, it was... You, you didn't, didn't know who was from which school. We were all there kind of together. That's the part. And I think that's where the beauty of the program that we have is, you know, there's eight different high schools, but all kids are equal in this thing. Yeah. Um, do you think that the the size of that helped with the enrollment or what was it that drove kids to join the program you think initially I think initially I don't even think it I know they have an incentive program but I really don't think that that was it I think it was just the kids wanting to be involved in something that involved their entire community so it was the big effort of all these schools doing it together and it was them uh basically wanting to do the mm -hmm. right thing like yeah. like i think that's one thing that i've kind of taken away as time has gone by and you know now i talk to a lot of different communities and it's like if you don't give your your high school students an avenue and a path to join a program like this you're basically leaving them out there on their own to make the decisions as that that comes forth whenever they are um but if we're giving these kids an opportunity to make a decision that I want to live a drug-free lifestyle before it ever happens, um, that's when I feel like we start to create this game changer now of uh, multiple kids, multiple schools, and such a high percentage of enrollment. And I think for me personally, and probably for a few of the other ambassadors, being seniors at the time, I already knew that I was going to college out of state. I wasn't going to be in Ohio. And so I think a major thing for me was just to, it sounds cheesy, but leave the community a little better than it was before we were here. I think that's perfect. I know that um, you're really good friends with Selena Morris. Yes. Yep. I'm still good friends with Selena Morris. Yeah. And uh, I think it was about two years ago, 2019 rally, um, What's her brother's name? Caleb. Caleb, yes. Her younger brother, Caleb, I think was a freshman at that time. Yes, yep. And I remember Selena posting on Facebook that day and how excited she was that her younger brother is now in the program that she helped start years ago. And so that senior leadership thing, like everything has to start somewhere. And it's, you know, it's amazing the legacy that you guys began back in, 2016 2017 school year that now as we're in the 20 you know year five um, we've literally had thousands and thousands of kids go through this thing but it takes someone to stand up and say hey we got to do something different so it's definitely exciting to see uh that legacy go forward and i think it was my sophomore year of college you had kind of called me and asked me to write a kind of a reflective article about starting the, and that was two years ago even so I think it was interesting for me to reflect on kind of what we had started and how it had gotten to 2019 is the same year and kind of like Selena to see my little brother Scotty be able to participate and kind of all of these kids just be able to partake in this program that does so much for the community. Do you have any friends, and I don't, we don't need to hear any names, but when you think about this program and making a change of difference, did you see kids that 
you thought or knew were going down the wrong path and this program helped change their direction possibly? Yes, for sure. Especially like when we were in high school, there were a number of kids that you could just you could see they were struggling. They came from like rough home lives. They didn't really have any direction and I think this program kind of gave them a place and an out to kind of say, "No, I am not going to be a part of this continuing cycle of this drug epidemic that has taken a hold on small towns all across America. So it was great having Emily with us today. I'm just really happy we caught her in town from D.C. and she was able to come in the studio and sit down and talk to us. And by the way, she's getting ready to go to law school in New York. Um, I know you're ready to run. I know you're ready to hear about what to do for shoes and preparing and what it's like the life in the van overnight and running your legs and what the legs are all about. And we're going to get you there. Stay tuned as those coming up in those episodes. But I wanted to hear the story behind the race first. I mean, I think that was so important for us to tell you that story. But one of the things you need to do is probably go on our Facebook page. And if you don't like it yet, get on there and like the buck 50, but we'll put that story from spike TV in there. That spike TV in there video with all the kids, the one we, we talk about there with Emily and you'll see Emily in that too. So check that out. That'll be on the buck 50 Facebook page. Um, next episode, former newspaper editor here in Chillicothe, now the chamber director, Mike Throne, will be with us talking about the community, talking about downtown. And we are super excited, like we said, about having a big announcement in that one. We've already kind of announced it on social media, so I guess it's no secret that we will be starting and finishing the 2021 edition of the Buck 50 downtown Chillicothe on 2nd Street under the Majestic Arch, historic downtown Chillicothe. So excited about uh, all the community being involved downtown. It's, it's going to be a great thing. So tune in for that next episode. Buck 50 Runners, we're coming at you soon. See you. You've been listening to Running Off the Mouth, the Buck 50 podcast with your hosts, Chris Scott and Dave Huggins. Produced by Chris Smith, live and in color at the Great Seal Publication Studios, downtown Chillicothe. If you've got any questions, comments, concerns, or something you'd like to hear us talk about on Running Off the Mouth, email us at raceinfo at thebuck50.com. And in our love with you. Oh, sorry. Book 50 Podcast.